Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Predators podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Robbie Stanley, taking you through this Monday here in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. It's a good day for hockey. What a good day for hockey. We're going to get into that here in just a second. But first, I want to talk to you about our title sponsor for today's show. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Man, the NHL got some good news today. I want to get to that just a bit, especially on a day where in the world of sports, there was some bad news out there. NHL came out earlier today and said that of the tests that they gave, I believe the time period uh, was from July 20, or excuse me, July 18th through the 25th. They did over 4,000 COVID-19 tests and had zero positive uh, testing cases. So that is excellent news uh, because those those tests took place before the players entered into the bubble. So you've got to hope that if all the players and all the coaches and the staffs uh, have gotten up to the bubbles, whether they're in Toronto or they're in Edmonton, and they've gotten there and there is no cases of COVID-19 coming up with them, you feel really good, I think, if you're the NHL, about the spot that you're in uh, and kind of the prognosis of your league moving forward in the next couple weeks and the ability to pull this off. I mean, the, the bubbles both in Edmonton and Toronto and uh, even in Orlando where the NBA has been for the past uh, week or so, week and a half, they seem to be working. They seem to be doing the job that they're intended to do. So that's great news for the NHL. I was kind of floored, honestly, uh, when I saw that tweet. I think it was the NHL public relations account earlier today put out a tweet saying uh, that they had zero positive tests. In fact, uh, I believe the exact number of tests last uh, in that testing period were 4,256 tests uh, to more than 800 players during that period uh, from July 18th through 25th. So no positive tests to report from the NHL, and that's great, especially when you consider what else happened today in the world of sports with the Miami Marlins and the news coming out there uh, that they've had 14 cases uh, of COVID-19 go through their locker room. I think 12 of which are players and then two coaches as well. So the MLB has got a bit of a mess on their hands when it comes to trying to figure this thing out. And remember, I mean, you're in a different situation with the MLB uh, and potentially as the NFL gets fired up here as well than you are with the NBA and the NHL with these bubble climates that they're in. The MLB is not in a bubble climate. I mean, they're they're still getting on planes. They're traveling to, from city to city to play in these games. And I've really enjoyed the opening weekend of baseball. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm not a huge baseball fan, uh, but I've, I've really gotten the chance to enjoy watching some baseball just because of how much I've missed live sports and what all comes with that. It's very troubling, I think, if you're the MLB, that you know, like four days into your season starting, you've already had problems with an outbreak on one of your teams. And now I think Miami was supposed to have their home opener tonight against Baltimore. It got canceled. Uh, I believe the, the Phillies were supposed to host the New York Yankees. That game got canceled because Philadelphia played against Miami, I believe, yesterday, uh, which is when they were tested. And then it came out today that it was positive. So you got to be really worried, I think, if you're a Phillies fan or just pretty much everybody that maybe the Phillies test 
they come back positive as well, or at least some of them. I hope not. I hope that's not the case. But I say all of that to say very good news for the NHL that they come out today with no positive test for coronavirus. And I've tried not to get my hopes up for this, uh, at least to the, to the degree that I can, because I'm so excited for hockey, much like many of you. I'm just so ready uh, for, for hockey to come back. I was talking today with somebody inside the Predators organization, and I was just like, you know what, man? Like, I can't remember a time where I've been this excited to watch hockey, this excited about hockey coming back. And I think you know a lot of that has to do with what we've gone through for the past four or five months, the quarantine, not having the ability to watch live sports, not having the ability to watch the sport that I love the most, which is the NHL uh, and hockey. It kind of teaches you how much you appreciate things uh, when you don't have them. So I'm really excited, but I've tried not to let myself get too excited and get my hopes up too much just because I'm well aware in our climate today, things can change I mean, on a dime, just rapidly like that. So today when that came out, when the NHL came out with those numbers, I allowed myself really for the first time to get very, very optimistic uh, that this thing's going to get done, that this bubble's going to work in Edmonton, this bubble's going to work in Toronto, and we're going to be able to finish this NHL season. So I feel really good about that now. Uh, Hopefully that remains the same. The NHL, by, by what I can tell and what I can see, They've got things locked down pretty good. I mean, security is tight. Players don't really seem to have the desire to go anywhere. Not really that there is anywhere to go in Edmonton. If you've never been there, there's not much to do there in Edmonton, Alberta. But just, I I think, a really good situation for the NHL. And I like the way they've set things up. And shout out to the Predators, who I think uh, did a really cool thing. Uh, You saw players on social media yesterday posting, you know, they were arriving in Edmonton, getting into their rooms uh, their solo rooms, and they they walked in the door, and on the nightstands and the counters and everything in there, there were pictures uh, that the Predators had put together of them and their family members, sometimes you know their wives, their kids, their dogs, whatever the case may be, their parents. So a really cool touch by the Predators there. I'm not sure if, if other teams around the league have done that or are doing that, but nonetheless, uh, just a really good touch by the Nashville Predators there. So I don't think if you're the NHL, you could have asked for a better start to this bubble situation. you got people practicing. The Predators practiced there for the first time today in Edmonton. So all's well so far with the NHL. And with the news that came out today with the MLB, I, for one, am very grateful for that. I'm very grateful for this bubble situation because as we're finding out, this virus can be so much harder to contain Uh, From a sporting standpoint, especially when you're traveling all over the place and you're going hopping from city to city, sometimes it's just really difficult to contain something like this. So hopefully the NHL and and the NBA as well won't have to worry about this and we can get back to sports this week. I'm excited. NBA is coming back this week. Predators play on Thursday against the Dallas Stars in their scrimmage slash exhibition game. And then the real thing starts uh, on Sunday. August the 2nd against the Arizona Coyotes. So I'm fired up about it. We're almost there, folks. We're almost back to Nashville Predators hockey. I want to talk to you again today about the good folks at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, 
all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. We would really appreciate that. You know, chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the exact same for everybody and are reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, just like airlines do. rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or an account login. rockauto.com is a family business, which is very important. They're serving auto parts customers online and have been for the past 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And make sure when you get there, you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know exactly where they got their business from, where we sent you from. rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, so now things are getting real. I mean, we're less than a week away from the return of Nashville Predators hockey, where it counts. It's the real thing, and we're ready to go. We're getting right into it. And it got me thinking today, just what should the expectations be for this group heading into the playoffs this year, specifically heading into this series against the Arizona Coyotes? Because... Look, if you're listening to this podcast, if you've been a Predators fan for any length of time and have, and have kept up with them closely, you know that this year, man, it's been a roller coaster ride. And it's hard to kind of believe that we're still talking about uh, the 2019-2020 season, but we are. And it's been so up and down. I mean, they started off great. I mean, I think Pecorine was 8-0-2. They were flying high. Matt Duchesne came in and just lit the world on fire for the first five or six games. It looked like he was going to live up to every single penny that the Predators gave him in that contract over the summer. It looked like the Predators were going to be a really dangerous team offensively. I think they were the highest scoring team in the league through like the first 10 games, maybe even longer than that or something like that. So things started off well. Then after that Halloween game against Calgary where they lost in dramatic fashion, Calgary stormed back in the third period. Matthew Kachuk with a sick overtime finish between his legs. Things just kind of tanked after that for a while, ultimately leading to the Winter Classic. And then a few days later, Peter Laviolette fired as coach of the Predators, replaced by John Hines. And then they feel like things maybe starting to turn around a little bit, and all of a sudden, COVID hits, and we're paused, and all of a sudden, four and a half, five months later, here we are about to resume this season. So you may think that, oh, hey, I, I still have the same expectations that I had heading into the season for this team, and that is to be competitive in the Western Conference and to compete for a Stanley Cup. But I think that question is just kind of different and a little bit more complicated to answer now that we've gotten through the regular season, the pause, and are now resetting to come back here in this qualifying round series against Arizona. And we kind of talked about it here on the Locked On Predators podcast. I expect a little bit of a crapshoot. It's difficult to really know what to expect when you're heading back into an environment like this. I will say this, and I think I've said this a couple of times. I've talked about how important those big four are offensively with Forsberg and Duchesne and Arvidsson and Johansson. I'm not going to say that all four of them are going to come light the world on fire, but I'm pretty confident in saying that all four of them are going to be duds at the same time. I think at least two or three of them are going to figure out and pick it up close to the level that we've grown accustomed to them seeing. And if they do that, 
and everybody else plays, you know, up to their potential or at least close to it, you're talking about a really dangerous Nashville Predators team. So I'm gonna I'm gonna come out and say it. The expectations after this qualifying round, we'll get into at a later time because some of that's gonna depend on you know who they're matched up against, you know, how healthy they are if they get through the qualifying round, how's the goaltending situation. Uh, are they able to remain free from COVID? Like, there's a whole bunch of different things that you've got to take into account here when, when kind of evaluating expectations. But they should beat the Arizona Coyotes. They absolutely should. And that's no disrespect to Arizona. I think they have some great pieces. Taylor Hall, Phil Kessel, Clayton Kelliver, uh, Oliver Eggman Larson, Darcy Kemper. I mean, they've got some great pieces, I think. But the Predators are simply more talented than the Arizona Coyotes are as a whole. And I think the expectation, if you're a Predators fan, should be to win this series. I think if they don't, you have every right to be disappointed, even with the pause, even with the break that they have. They're on the exact same footing that Arizona is on. And I think with the experience the Predators have, uh, with, with how most of this core has been together, for a pretty long amount of time now and have played a lot of games together. Not only a lot of games, a lot of high-pressure, meaningful games together. I think this is a situation in this bubble that's got to count for something. When you're playing in high-pressure situations and you have experience doing that together. Sometimes I get tired of the experience talk. I think that's one of the most overblown things in all of sports. Generally, not always, but generally the most talented team is going to win regardless of whether or not you have experience. It's all about the horses you bring to the table. And most of the time in all professional sports, the most talented team is going to win, especially over the course of a seven-game series. Every now and then that's not the case, and that's fine. But most of the time that's going to be the case. I think experience this time around in this situation does count for something probably more than it than normal. And I know no one has experience in dealing with this specific situation of going into a bubble and leaving your family behind and not being able to go anywhere. I get that. Nobody has experience with that. But you're going right from a situation where you haven't been playing any hockey for a long time, since mid-March, to now these games count for all the marbles. And I think teams that have played in some of these high-pressure games that can keep their poise about them, that can make sure they're not out there taking stupid penalties, they're not doing things that are reckless, putting your team at a disadvantage, I think that will really help when, when, the, when the games fire up for real. So that should favor the Predators in this matchup against the Coyotes. We'll see whether or not they can take advantage of it once things get rolling on Sunday. All right, so we've gotten through camp. Game one of the series against Arizona is only days away now, and a lot of you I know are following the goaltending situation very closely. And I've gone on record here on the podcast saying that I think if the Predators make any sort of run of consequence, they're going to need both goaltenders at some point. And by the way, they've also brought uh, Connor Ingram and Troy Grosnick with them to Edmonton inside the bubble. So four goaltenders in total on the trip with the Predators, you want as many goaltenders there as you could possibly have in this situation. So good on them, I think, for bringing both goaltenders. But I think at some point, you're going to have to make a decision, obviously, for game one if you're John Hines. And to me, like I said, I, I think you're going to need both as they go throughout the playoffs here. 
But if I had to name a game one starter right now, I'm going UC Soros. I am. Uh, just based on the way he was playing at the end of the year before the pause and based on what I've seen in training camp and what many others have seen in training camp, I think Soros is just playing better right now. At this point in his career, I think he's the better option to go with. So that's not a slight to Pecorine. We all know that there's still moments where he looks like the same goaltender, that elite goaltender that we've always seen. And I wouldn't put it past him in these playoffs at some point to steal a game for the Predators or maybe steal a couple games for the Predators. But right now, if I'm forced to pick a game one starter against Arizona, I'm going with UC Soros. I just like his confidence in net right now. I like the way he's seeing the puck. I like the way he's moving. And I I realize the latest information of what I have to go off of is the, the things I've seen in practice or the things I've seen, you know, watching the scrimmages on, you know, this virtual platform that they've put out there. I understand that. And that's not the perfect tool for evaluation. But when you couple that with how he was playing before the break and couple that with the fact that Pecorino is 37 years old, I think it would be asking a lot for him to pick up the mantle and carry them all the way through the playoffs anyway, just from a physical standpoint. My game one starter would be UC Soros. And I don't know this. I have no inside information on this whatsoever. So this is purely speculation for me. I anticipate that once game one comes around on Sunday, if everybody's healthy, UC Soros will be the starter. I just think that's the information that I've come to, or excuse me, not the information, the conclusion that I've come to. And I think that's the conclusion that the Predators coaching staff is going to come to as well. And Joe Rexrode, uh, who I was with earlier this morning on Morning Drive on ESPN 1025 The Game. By the way, we're back uh, each weekday morning from 6 to 10 a.m. on 1025 The Game. Uh, So make sure you tune in. We talk a lot of hockey on that show as well. But he brought up a great point. Maybe it's, it's easier if you've got to make a switch. It's probably easier to go from Soros to Rene than it would be from Rene to Soros. And I know some of you hear that and you're like, who cares about easier? I mean, they're professional athletes. you just got to be a big boy and handle it. I understand that. Trust me. I get it. To a certain degree, I'd agree with you. I agree with you. But I do think, from just from a psychological standpoint, if you have to pull Soros in favor of Rene, I think that's more of a comfortable position to be in as a coach than if you trot Rene out there, he struggles in game one, and you've got to yank him, put him on the bench, and then ride Juicy Soros from there. So, like I said, you're going to need both. There's back-to-back situations. It's a compressed schedule, but I'm going with game one starter, UC Soros. Tell me your thoughts. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let me know on Twitter at rstanleynhl. You can also tweet us at LO underscore Predators for our Locked On account on Twitter as well. Who should start game one? Give us your thoughts there on Twitter at either rstanleynhl or at LO underscore Predators. That's going to do it for us today here on the Locked On Predators podcast. Really appreciate you joining us. Stay with us, folks. We're almost there. Hockey is almost back. And what a glorious day, what a glorious week it's going to be once we finally get there and hockey officially makes its return. I guess you could even count Thursday with the scrimmage game against the Dallas Stars. Looking forward to it. We'll see you tomorrow here on Locked on Predators.